0: PrizePix is DFS Simplified. All you have to do is pick your favourite player over and under to cash in. Head over to prizepicks.com and use promo code SGP for a 100% instant deposit match. We're brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new propswap.com and use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. And we're brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at sobet.ie slash sgpn. That's sobet.io slash sgpn. My name is Malcolm Bamford. And I'm here to take you through some off-season stuff. It's been a little a little while since myself and my esteemed co-host uh, have been with you. So we've got lots to catch up on. Um, we know that we're in a, the midst of a lockout, uh, but we're going to talk about that a little while. And then hopefully, i uh, take you through some, uh, some World Series odds, a few of the uh, free agent moves that have been made, um, and maybe a little bit of fantasy as well. Uh, and to help me... Unpack uh, this minefield that is the MLB off season. Um, I haven't spoken to him for ages. I've missed
1: him. Moonaf, Manji, good evening. How are you? Good evening, sir. This is. Uh, <laughs> we're definitely in off season mode. We'll get to that in a second, but yeah, it's been a what been a, maybe a month or two since we or at least a month for sure that we've. Uh, so I've Absolutely, seen your handsome- yeah. The, whenever the back end of the World Series was. Yeah, I, I missed your handsome yeah. face. How's everything going over there? <laughs> <laughs> you look like yeah, you lost some weight. Fine What's going enough, on? Thank you. <laughs> really? Yeah, it looks like you're, you're, no, you're. I think I'm
0: maybe. Maybe the whore, the hair I, grew back. Say, yeah, that might be. it. I'm maybe I got my new laptop um, and my new microphone, um, which we call it the, the Matt Breeder uh, laptop and microphone set because. Uh, Matt Breeder paid for everything with his last touchdown on Thanksgiving uh, for the Buffalo Bills. Um, for some reason, I got it in my head that Matt Breeder was going to have a game. Uh, so, got a little bit of 14 to 1 and scored the last touchdown on Thanksgiving. There you um, go. So, bought myself some lovely new equipment. So, I actually thought I'd look a little bit more high definition than I do. Um, maybe it's just my face being off after all that. And then I just mentioned to you off air that I've got a nice new microphone. The kids <laughs> have taken it away from me. <laughs> in order to give it to me back for Christmas. So they're going to give me my own microphone uh, for Christmas. So I don't know how that works. So I do have a new microphone, but I don't know where it is now. It'll be in the bottom of the cupboard somewhere. Um, so apart from that, off, it's, uh, I think football really has been the thing that we haven't we haven't talked about. Did you realise in exactly seven days from now, uh, it will be half time in the Liverpool v Newcastle game, moon-off next Thursday?
1: Yes, speaking of uh, Newcastle, sir, congratulations! (laughs) But we won a game. You taking the piss? Um,
0: No, I think when we last uh, when we last spoke, the the takeover had been completed. uh, So there was a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, Since then, we got a new manager. Uh, Eddie Howe came in, a young manager, progressive manager. Uh, He's a good coach, and we've seen some. Uh, green shoots of recovery. Yeah, uh, it took us a couple of games just to get used to stuff. Uh, we've had a couple of draws. Uh, we had a home game against Norwich last week, mm-hmm. which looked like Norwich are the worst team in the league, and it looked like that was going to be our chance, because at this point we still hadn't won a game. Um, right. And then we had our we had our defender sent off after six minutes, <laughs> um, and somehow, oh uh, yeah, somehow we got our noses in front. Uh, we scored a penalty after about an hour and looked like we were maybe going to hang on and then Norwich equalised with a few minutes left. So that finished one all. But then on Saturday, uh, we managed to beat Burnley 1-0 and get yeah. our first win of the season. So we've kind of, we've attached ourselves onto the back of the pack. So we're not, we're not as detached as we were. Um, I think the important thing is that in January, when the transfer window opens, mm-hmm. uh, we've got money to spend now. We've got all the money in the world to spend. However, if we're detached players aren't going to come. Um, if they if, if, if there's no way we can stay up, the players aren't going to come to just get relegated. Okay. Um, so we need to be in touch. If we're in touch, mm-hmm. the players will come, help us yeah. stay up, and then we can kick on. So uh, between the next month is really important, um, but we've got tricky games. We've got Leicester on Sunday. Then we play Liverpool next Thursday. We play oh, Manchester City next Saturday. Uh, and then we've got Manchester United after that. So the, the schedule hasn't been kind. Um, but the manager's doing okay. The players are trying a little bit harder. Um, there's a little bit of shape and a little bit of progress. So fingers crossed, Munaf, we can, uh, we can put a few a few performances together.
1: Yeah, you can only go up from here. But um, <clears throat> I know you said you were going to one of the matches with your daughter. Was it the one that you went? They won the game or were they Drew?
0: No, that was the Norwich game last Tuesday. Oh, okay. So I've, I've actually been to a few. I went to the, the Chelsea game, uh, mm-hmm. which I sent you. Yeah, video from we got absolutely humped. We were nowhere near. But then I got tickets in the corporate hospitality for the Brentford game. Uh, oh which yeah, is sure, yeah. Can...
1: No, no, wait, no, yeah. yeah, I don't think that was you got tickets to that box. That 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 is your box over there in Newcastle that you own. <laughs> and you're just being very, very you know, humble about it.
0: Hello, I have a, fr- a friend of mine. One of the dads. uh of the boys on, on our under-10s football team, he uh, works in TV. He's a, he's a Sky Sports presenter. Okay. Uh, so we got in the sponsors box. We were right on the halfway line. Nice. Every as much as you could eat or drink. So we uh, we made pigs of ourselves, and that was a good game. But uh, that was a three-three draw. Yeah. Um, with Brentford, and then Norwich last week. I took my daughter. Yeah. Um, and then eventually, um, like I said, we we picked the winner. But yeah, and so next Thursday, yeah, New, uh, Newcastle, Liverpool, moon. I feel like we should have some sort of friendly wager on it. But um, oh come Liverpool on, Liverpool are probably three goals, three goal favorites. So that leaves me up against it a little bit.
1: This is next week, you said. <clears throat> next Thursday, yeah. Let me see if there's a line out. You keep talking, and uh, maybe we can scrap something up by the time we uh, in the show today.
0: I mean, yeah, I would just said that the handicap's probably Liverpool minus two.
1: Uh, um, yeah, I see an ask because it's it, it's at
0: uh, it, yeah they've got Villa on so it's at Anfield and her. even though we've been a little bit better Liverpool are still um a couple of goals better than us I would
1: have thought um let's see so we'll we'll have to see uh, here how's we go. the uh I see oh, a minus then, what you got sorry me? minus two and a half on the uh on the line there and the the money line for Newcastle is twenty one to one. Wow. One hundred. <laughs> there we go. Okay, so
0: we'll have a, we'll have 20 quid each on Newcastle to win 400 books and then we'll put all that on someone to win the world series.
1: Okay, there we go. We'll do that. It's sorted.
0: Um how's the um <laughs> NFL and the NBA been treating you much?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, we've been uh, grinding along the MLB Gambling Podcast three times a week uh, with myself and uh, Terrell. Uh, we have had a couple of guests on in, in between, and uh, we've also been doing the prop cast with the NBA and the NFL. So that's been tons of fun. And, uh, you know, we've just been grinding away. You know, it's, it's football season. We're getting closer and closer to the playoffs. NBA is well underway. Um, so, you know, we're just grinding along. NFL has been doing pretty good. I, I've, I've been in the circa millions contest this year. Uh, first time I'm doing that. I'm at around 38 and 27. Um, Going to have to put a couple of four and one, five and oh weeks to get together just to get it to the, the payout chart. But, um, you know, the ball has not on some of these games, the ball has not bounced in my way, but some of them, uh, the ball has bounced in my way. So I guess that's just gambling. Right.
0: Yeah, I felt like the first maybe five weeks of the NFL season, I was struggling. Me and my friend have a little pot we put in the start of the season and it was just dwindling and dwindling and dwindling. And then since then, uh, we've, we've made a fight back and, and actually got ahead um, over the last two or three weeks. So I do think it's got a little bit easier. Um, so I think maybe that was just a, the, the season balancing itself out because sure. it, it was a bit of an odd one. But then, yeah, there's been some odd things. I mean, the bills were absolutely flying. Um, they've fallen a bit of a hole. The Titans came from nowhere. Uh, I know the cataphones up the uh, the, the post game show just about every week after <laughs> the Patriots have put another win together. I am um, I actually stayed up really late the other night, Moon, after Bills mm-hmm. Patriots game, because I was fascinated by. It. You were having a little um, a little tete a tete with someone on Twitter about your overs bit. Oh, yeah. uh, some fella had come on and said it was the worst bet he'd ever seen. And I started feeling really protective of you, Moonaf. I was ready. I was ready to fight him. And I stayed up to watch. And then they scored <laughs> two touchdowns quite early on. Yeah. And I thought, oh, Moonaf's in business here. I think it was 8-6, maybe. 8-7 eight, yeah, eight, 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 to... in the first yeah, quarter. That
1: yeah, was it. And I yeah. went to
0: bed. I thought, Munaf's fine. I'm going to bed. And then there was barely any more points after that. You, you got thrashed.
1: Yeah, it was a... Uh... Uh... It was one of those games where I, I thought that you would, you were, you would expect a buyback to come back on the over because it hit a low point of 39, 39 and a half because that game opened at around 43 and a half early in the week. And it, there's, there's people that honestly that I've been listening to other pods and, and on Twitter that they honestly just follow the, the, the weather report for games and that's how they bet their games. That's all they look at. They don't look at who's in the lineup, who's out of the lineup. They're basing their, their total bets off of, you know, what the weather's doing. And you could have got a better number early in the week if we're going to take the under at 43 and a half, 43, all the way down to 42. And, you know, I think Dave is a guy that can also probably attest to this Said so that there would there would have been buyback on the over coming back for sharp, quote unquote, betters and other betters. That you know, yeah. that could I try to find a middle there, but you know, it, it looked good in the first quarter. But and I, I think after that, kind of the conservative play calling, like maybe for the Patriots, I mean, they won the game, but um, you know, they were just going to play the uh, play the uh, I guess the weather conditions on which way they were going on the field.
0: Yeah, it was a it certainly was an unusual one. Um, but no, I've, I've been enjoying the NFL season, I, I got cut from the. Uh, from the SGPN guillotine league. I lasted until oh, yeah. maybe week nine, I think it was. I was doing all right. I was quite pleased with myself. Mm. Uh, and then had one uh, one bad. We lost with Matt Stafford. We lost by maybe half a point. Oh. I actually thought we'd survived when I woke up in the morning all because right. I checked the sleeper up and had enough points. Uh, mm. And I forgot that it was... Uh, they, they don't do minus points for takeaways in that format. So Matt Stafford had had two turnovers, which mm-hmm. would minus two points. Well, in the guillotine league, the minus two points hadn't been taken off, uh, so we, I, I lost by yeah, oh, I lost by tough. about a quarter of a point. Um, yeah. But the yeah, the guillotine league's been really good fun with the uh, like I said, the cat has been playing and the God of Golf and uh, uh, Beer Guy and, and uh, Furman and people like that have all been playing. So that was a, that's yeah. been a good league. Well, um, baseball, off, Uh yeah. The last time we spoke was after the World Series. Um, And then, um, what we're going to do tonight is uh, have a look at the American League. Uh, We'll we'll go through the National League next week at some point. Um, There's been a whole load of free agent moves. Normally, this time of year, uh, the hot stove isn't quite as hot. And especially with the uh, lockout coming, which everybody knew was coming, Mm. um, was eventually announced last week. There is a collective bargaining agreement to be thrashed out between the Players Union uh, and MLB. So the the hot stove really did for a couple of weeks. Uh, there was sign-ins most days yeah. and there was big sign most days. So we're going to run through a lot of them and see if they, uh, if they sway us in any way between some of the, some of the World Series um, and if there's any fantasy players uh, in that time that have caught my eye. Um, I've been I'm in the middle of my second fantasy draft moon. Off The first one I did was a best ball, which is OK because it's just points. And really, in a best ball league, you just need to draft volume. You need to draft innings pitched and at-bats. You can take one or two uh, rookies who might come up, one or two AAA players, um, but you need volume because you need to be able to field a team. Um, The second draft draft I'm currently in is a draft and hold, and that's a roto uh, league, and it is so hard. Oh, my goodness. You miss – things I always have a blind spot on are saves and steals. And if you miss the boat on the closer run, which I did, I sort of made a pick and then the closer run started and it was like 18 picks till it got back to me ah. and there was no closers left. Um, and it's such a traditional thing that I'm, we're now in round 25 of a 50-round draft. So you really need to know your stuff. I mean, you need to know who's the, the third choice, third baseman of the Baltimore Orioles uh, by the time you get down to round 47. Uh, so I'm trying to scratch around for, for steals and... And save. So yeah, me, fantasy stuff has been on my radar. So uh, if anyone else is playing, I'll try and throw out a couple um, as we go through them. As far as this lockout is concerned, then, moving off, I've heard a couple of schools of thought. No one at the minute seems really concerned that yeah. um, it's going to extend beyond and out of spring training. Um, do you have a Do you have an opinion a feeling on this, or is it something you're just waiting out?
1: Um, I think it's probably a wait and see situation. Um, I mean the, the news like you said has kind of quiet down along the you know Twitter and, and coming across you know MLB.com and the, and the, the sports outlets and things like that but um, at some point I think that they will eventually get it done. Um, am I too concerned about it right now in December? Uh, probably not, but the only thing that kind of makes me nervous is that Rod Manfred is the commissioner. And he yeah. just has not done a great job as uh, as a commissioner of MLB since he's kind of taken over uh, from Bud Sea league so uh, hopefully that they, they, they get it resolved soon um, you know this these things again it's always uh, it's always about the dollars right it's all always about the owners yeah. and teams wanting more and the players wanting more the revenue sharing money and things like that that's always mostly what's the gist of it but you know there's some other things that are on the on discussion Um on the table i mean i'm sorry as far as you know what what's going to be a part of the new collective bargaining agreement i think it's this is the first time in 26 years where you know the yeah. there's been a work stoppage in the mlb so uh, i I'm, I'm certain that they should be able to get uh, a resolution and a new uh a cba resolve between the uh players you need and, and the league
0: yeah i think um some things that were expected to come out of it um at well, first, actually, there was that weird news about the ball last year that they said they used two balls yeah, um I mean i couldn't I couldn't wrap my head around that at all. Did you catch any of
1: that move? So I think somebody posted it in our MLB slack channel, and so I guess that it's kind of hard to explain without reading the whole article and I don't want to speak about you know speak on it without you know having the proper facts, but what it seemed like is that. They there were two different balls like you mentioned with pretty much the way the ball performance, if that makes sense, where one ball is lighter and it's it's uh it's a lighter ball where I guess you can hit the ball further and there's more, you know, hits and, and runs and things like that. And one there's I guess you could call a less or, or deader ball, if that makes sense, where it turns into no runs and easy outs and, and things like that. And you know, they said that they they found where they were introducing a new ball with uh, a lighter center, a center of the ball, uh, which was, I think, back in February. And then MLB continued to use the older ball, the heavier center ball at the same time without the knowledge of, number one, the baseball clubs, players, and the fans last. So take what you kind of want with that. I don't know if they were trying to experiment and see, which ball they want to use this coming season or or what the what what the stuff or what the conclusion of that was. but those were, that was the conflicting report of what we saw, you know uh with the reports that came out. And probably somebody did that somebody did a study about it about uh these two balls that were being used, and that's kind of what the the gist of it really is. Yeah, that's absolute madness, frankly.
0: It really uh, is. Yeah, you'd think that the the game has to be the game. The the sport can be can't be unchanged. Um, yeah, I mean, expanded playoffs are something that might come out of the uh out yeah. of this CBA. Um, something that happened last year in the shortened season. Let's uh, talk about the salary flow, and actually, we maybe come onto that when we talk about some of the free agent moves, because the fact that there were so many free agent moves led a few shrewd people to think. That that might be related to the salary floor. Some teams are going to have to spend money because yeah. there's a salary floor. So teams teams that were going to get onto the Texas Rangers, for example, uh, spent a few uh, spent a few dollars uh, to try and get themselves prepared for that. Uh, Universal DH, which you thought was coming last year, then didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the big mm-hmm. one is the minor league um, pay and conditions, which really has been highlighted since the shortened season and the pandemic, where um i don't think mlb have covered themselves in glory at all looking after minor league players uh, looking after minor league clubs yeah. um especially like i say during the pandemic and things like that where uh, so in fact some of the major league players have been paying the salaries and paying for the housing and meals and things like that so uh yeah it's a serious thing let's just hope that um everybody can do it sensibly and that it doesn't it uh it doesn't go on beyond spring training and certainly not uh, into the start of the season come the start of April. Uh, so tonight moon off, we are going to do the American league. Um, so we'll go through in sequence. We'll give you the world series odds, any, uh, moves or transactions that have been made. I know there's a couple of teams in here. Uh, there's one particularly that have caught your eye, uh, but we'll start moon off in the division, uh, where your beloved Red Sox are. Yeah. Um, the American League East, um, which really was probably the most fascinating um, league last year in terms of competitiveness that um, all four teams, really, you could have thrown a blanket over towards the end of the season. Um, the Blue Jays had a great season and finished fourth um, in this league. So in order of World Series odds, you've got the Yankees at 11-1, the Tampa Bay Rays are 14-1. The Boston Red Sox are eighteen to one, um, and the Toronto Blue Jays are twelve to one. Um, we'd start in the order I've put them on the notes for no other reason, Munaf. Um, the Tampa Bay Rays fourteen to one. We already said last season, uh, or I already said last season, I was not going to underestimate them anymore. Um, I was just, I very lazily, um, not written them off, but just thought maybe it was going to catch up with them, um, but. It didn't, uh, and they won that division. They were absolutely great again. Uh, fell a little bit short in the playoffs. But the main news coming out of the race was the Juan DeFranco Franco extension. Uh, came up this year, was pretty much every bit as good. Uh, had a bit of a shaky start, maybe, month or so. Uh, had a great hitting streak going towards the end of the season, uh, but extended him for 10 years and $180 million. A lot of people were saying that wasn't enough money and maybe... Uh, Franco should have got more money, but I think um, there's a lot of that guaranteed. And as a young man in baseball, and um, the fact that he's got a lot of money guaranteed, um, it's, it makes sense to me. It's it it seems like a perfectly fine deal to me. Um, so what thoughts you, off about uh, the Wonder Franco extension?
1: Yeah, I think that uh, raised to the smart thing, and you know, locked him up for the foreseeable future. Uh, him and Randy Roserena now are your two front, you know, front the face of the, your franchise now, um, and it's going to be exciting times when you have two young players like this. You know, these are we can say what five-tool players that they can hit for power, they can get on base, they can hit for average, uh, steal bases, score runs, and they they play good defense as well. So, you know, we were ta- we talked a lot about Wander Franco last season uh, when we are doing our episodes. We were excited to see him come up for the Rays, and you know, we talked about how the Rays needed more offense. Um, if they were going to have success, you know, for that season and going into the playoffs, um, you know, they picked up Nelson Cruz, but uh, and now if you're a race fan, you should be excited now that you have Wander Franco locked up to a long, very, very long-term deal and also Randy or Arena. So uh, fun times for uh race fans.
0: Yeah. The, uh, the other main uh, acquisition for Tampa Bay is Corey Kluber. Uh, yeah. I think, I suppose he is kind of still a big name. The a lot of name recognition there with him. Um, he was with the Yankees, which is another reason people will know the name maybe a bit more, um, mm. but has kind of fallen off a cliff uh, in the last season or two, mainly health issues. Um, but I think if this, is a, if this is a side that can fix him, it'll be the Rays, Muna.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, we've seen a lot of great pitching come out of uh, the Tampa Bay Rays. And, you know, last season I what, last season Corey Kluber had that no-hitter for the uh for the Yankees and after that yeah. they pretty much just put him on the IL or he got injured and what wasn't really relevant after that point but um yeah, I think that, you know, he can go in there and probably be a number 4, number 3, number 4 guy at the most, I think, but uh they have a lot of talent there in the Rays pitching. I mean, we you know we talked about this at volumes last season, but Bringing a veteran that can possibly help those guys as well. Um, you know, last season, Corey Kluber pitched, uh, I believe, around 80 innings. He was five and three on the season. Uh, a very pretty respectable ERA at 3.83. So, um, you know, he had time off after that injury, didn't pitch much in the second half of the season. So going into Tampa, I think this is a pretty good pickup for them. Uh, to not only help the young guys, like I said, but also, you know, kind of be that third, fourth, fifth pitcher for them.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, something we'll have to turn around for him. Um his current draft ADP is four three five. Um so that tells you where he is. I mean yeah. he could give you absolutely nothing. He might not even get on the mound. However, uh it could prove to be value at that price. So um the the race fourteen to one for the World Series. And um, with the lockout there are uh, no we've got no over unders or um divisional yeah. odds like that. Um, but the Rays are up there at fourteen to one. Next to the Yankees, Moonaf, and next to the Yankees on the show notes, I have written absolutely nothing because there is nothing to write. <laughs> uh, the Yankees are eleven to one for the World Series, yeah. Um, and people are expecting them to be in for one of the big um, infielders uh, free agents. There's still a couple left on the market. Carlos Correa, yeah, uh, is still on the market, and two elsewhere. Freddie Freeman note at the bottom. Freddie Freeman. Yes, and Trevor Story. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so there's story. three yeah. there still. Uh, you'd expect the Yankees to do something. Um, nothing so far, because I'm just looking at um, their starting rotation, sort of, uh, goes Garrett Cole, then you've got Jordan Montgomery, Luis Severino, Nesta Cortez, and Domingo Herman. Um, kind of a little bit weak. And then, again, the, uh, the lineup um getting down to Gleyber Torres. Yeah. Um, Aaron Hicks, uh, who missed the season, but hit 194. Uh, Gary Sanchez hitting 204. Um, and then you've got the usual problems of Joey Gallo with his 199 average. Um, Luke Voigt with his 239 average. Great power hitters, yeah. um, but they need something um, to put that together. And defensively as well, Moonaf, So what do you think the Yankees are playing at? Are they just, are they waiting, um, waiting for the this TBA to to get organised? Or are they, are they suddenly going to swoop and pick up uh, one of these infielders?
1: Yeah, that's what it's looking like. Right, Malcolm, because the three teams that you just mentioned with the Dodgers, the Red Sox and the Yankees, traditionally big spenders in the offseason market, especially the Yankees. Right. They're not afraid to hand out that money. But for the Yankees, I think, you know, as if I was a Yankees fan, I would want them really to concentrate and, and invest money in pitching because the names that you just rattled off after Garrett Cole not that exciting. I think getting Luis Severino is going to be back for them at number two, but after that, I, I'm yeah. not sold on Jordan Montgomery. I'm not sold on um, Domingo Herman. I'm not sold on you know. Nesta
0: says his numbers are actually okay. I mean, he, yeah. he pitched ninety three innings, but yeah, he, he ended with a two point nine eight rate, which is fine. But uh, yeah. I know what you mean about uh, Montgomery and Domingo Herman.
1: Yeah, and they let Roof uh, Roofnet or go. They let they released. Um, Clint Frazier as well. And then you're going to get back, like you mentioned, yeah. Aaron Hicks, who missed a lot of the season. And let's not forget, they still have Ameri- America They still have uh, uh, Aaron Judge and John Carl Stan, who had great seasons for them last year. But the biggest yeah. question is the name that you mentioned, Gleyber Torres, what's gonna to happen with him? What position are they gonna put him at where he's comfortable not only playing on that on that side of the dirt, whether it's second base, whether it's third base, whether it's shortstop. But they need to get his back back in order because last season it was a very, very rough year for him. And um, sadly, I picked him to win the American League MVP last year, and he did completely opposite of what uh, needed to be done to win an MVP award. So, yeah, you're right, Malcolm. I think that Yankees are probably just waiting for the CBA agreement, to the the lockout to end, and then they're going to come in and soup one of these guys up, whether it's, say, Freddie Freeman or Trevor Story or, God forbid, a Carlos Correa. I don't think Correa will end up there.
0: No, uh, yeah, we'll come, on, we'll come on to those in a little while where we yeah. have some possible landing spots for, for the free agents. So, yeah, the 11-1 on the Yankees, um, not particularly uh, appealing so far in what is a mega competitive division. Um, okay, Moonaf, your Boston Red Sox. Now, what a team who've got old injured pitchers. Do you know what they need? More old injured pitchers. <laughs> so, James, pa- James Paxton, Rich Hill and Michael Wacker. Have all t- taxied up to Fenway Park, we enough to join the uh, to join the, the the old people's home that is going to be the uh, the the Boston bullpen there. Um, talk me through this, then. What's the what's the thinking behind any of these? Are they just t- going to throw a few darts and hoping maybe one or two
1: sticks? I think that's what the game plan was last year, and it, it kind of worked for them uh, last season when they yeah. picked up you know a couple guys, but I think. The big thing, at least for this rotation, is that you're going to have Chris so healthy to start the season, right? Last season, he was coming back from Tommy John surgery. You didn't get him back until um, midway through the season. Had a couple of struggles, um, you know, kind of getting his feet back under him and, and, you know, getting command back and things like that. But now, have a full off season. He should be ready to go for uh, spring training and uh, the start of the season. And again, you also have Nathan Ivaldi. After that's where the questions are, right? That's where you add guys like James Paxson and Michael Walker and Rich Hill. Rich Hill, he's been serviceable, Malcolm. I mean, he's been around to the Dodgers. Yeah, he's been yeah, to you're the right. Rays. Um, I don't, I don't hate that move. Him being in that third or fourth slot is where he kind of does belong at this point of his career. Um, so I don't hate that. But he could be a big pitcher in the uh, playoffs if the Red Sox make it again because he's done well in the playoffs, not only for the Dodgers um, when they won the title, but... Um, yeah, I would have loved to see them go out and get another legitimate arm behind Chris sell. Um, but like you said, yeah, they're back, uh, just trying to throw a few darts here and see if one of these guys works out for them, uh, in the rotation. And then the, the move that they made by training, uh, Hunter Renfro to the Brewers to get Jackie Bradley jr. Back, um, kind of a head scratcher for me because, Hunter Redford was great last season for the Red Sox. And I think it's a great move for Milwaukee. But again, Jackie Bradley Jr. was a fan favorite last or before he got traded or uh, left the uh, Red Sox. Um, but I think, in my opinion, one of the best defensive center fielders in the game. And I think that's maybe the move that yeah. they were kind of going for here because the Red Sox outfield, it's its a pretty big outfield, right? It's a hitter's ballpark. So getting Jackie Bradley Jr. back in that uh, outfield is um, and deciding on who they want in left and right field. Alex Alex Verdugo is going to be there for sure. Uh just who that other if it's going to be Kike Hernandez and Jackie Bradley Jr., that's a pretty great uh, uh, outfield between those two guys.
0: Yeah. Um I mean Jackie Bradley Jr. hit 163 last season. And that's a downfall yeah it. Yeah, really, really is. Um so they'll have to see if they can if they can get something up there. I think Jaron uh, Duran will be up. Um
1: mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: and it's, it's currently actually projected to be the starting left fielder uh, with Kiki and Anders at second base. Uh, Darren Durand's someone I've got uh, pegged in um, uh, in fantasy as kind of a late round flyer. He's got some, he'll have some decent count numbers uh, with some power, although he will have to get that back average average. He only hit 215 in his 112 plate appearances last year. As far as the uh, rotation goes, uh, roster resource on Fangraphs, Currently, has Boston Rowland with a six man rotation, which they won't, but that's, uh, they just, we don't know which of those six will be weeded out. Uh, James yeah. Paxton, who we mentioned that they've signed, um, won't be ready for the start of the season. He had Tommy John in mid April last year. So you've got uh, Evaldi and Sale at the top. Uh, Rich Hill was absolutely fine. And actually, you do need people that eat innings. So these signings are Rich Hill, who pitched 158 innings last year, yeah. and Michael Wacker, who pitched 124. You do need people to, um, to, to eat these innings. The, the the question mark really is Tanner Houck, um, someone yeah. who made several appearances last year in the second half of the season moving off. Uh, we were quite sweet on him uh, and he did well for us when we were picking. So yeah. um, ended, he pitched 69 innings last year, 3.52 ARA, which was great. So whether or not he will earn that starting rotation, I suppose depends on on how well Pavetta Hill uh, and Michael Wackadoo uh coming out of camp. So yeah, some... Yeah. some Questions? Question marks over Boston, but yeah, I don't hear what they've done so far, and uh, you would back them to be able to to um, cobble it together. Uh, the other possible starter is Garrett Whitlock, yeah, um, who I have drafted. You said earlier on I was struggling for saves. I drafted him. Um, I saw him projected for maybe twenty odd saves, but I'd missed the boat on the closer, so I have taken a punt on Garrett Whitlock, who. Um, has been touted as a possible starter, but that the that Red Sox pen was so dodgy that I think they have to keep Whitlock in there just to hold it together, really. Um, so I took a little gamble and drafted him for saves. So um, any of this 18-1 World Series, Munaf, will you be uh, Will you be letting your heart rule your head and taking some of that?
1: Uh, not, uh, not yet. I think that, you know, one more thing on the offensive side is that the Red Sox have been linked to names like Trevor Story and Carlos Correa. I know we'll discuss those guys later, but the question mark for the Red Sox right now is that Alexander Bogarts can opt out of his deal next season or after next year and and enter free agency. So either it's going to be that they get one of these guys signed long-term between Trevor Story or Carlos Correa if they're able to get them and afford them, Uh, And then maybe Alexander Bogarts moves over to second base and probably opts out of his deal and signs with a new team. But I would love to see them extend Alexander Bogarts. I think he's one of the best shortstops in the league. Uh, And I'm not saying that because I'm a fan of the team, but he's a great defensive shortstop and he can also hit the ball. So um, I think he would be a lot cheaper than, you know, for sure, Carlos Correa. And uh, I think he would, Alexander Bogarts probably be a little more expensive than Trevor Story, but something to keep an eye on once the lockout ends.
0: Okay, moving on, Moon after a really fascinating team. We've mentioned that the Blue Jays uh, were fourth in this division. Uh, but had a really, really good season uh with a good young team. They had a, a fragmented season from the point of view that they had to play in three different ballparks. They were uh they weren't able to get home to, to Canada uh until midway through the season. Um twelve to one for the World Series. Um there's gonna be a this is what gonna be where all the sharp money's gonna be, I think. Uh, there's gonna be a lot of talk um about this Blue Jays lineup. It's uh it's a young lineup, there's there's a lot of uh name recognition there. Um people like Vlad had his breakout season last year. Mm. Um the main business they've done, however, is on the mound. So the first thing they did was extend Jose Berrios, um who signed for them. Uh, from the twins midway through the season, which a lot of people had were, were scratching their heads about, uh, is at that point Toronto kind of looked out the contention. Uh, it then turned out it looks now to be a really good bit of business. He's 28 years old. Yeah. Uh, did pitch well and they extended him. And then they picked up Kevin Gosman from the Giants, who um, had a great year, career year for him, uh, back in the division in which he pitched with the Baltimore Orioles. It is a tough division um, from a fantasy point standpoint i think Goldsman, um his home runs allowed and era will go up uh, so you expect maybe a little bit of a drop off there and that that just because of the division uh, that he's back in um with with a lot of competitive teams moving across from san francisco um but yeah two good uh two good pitching uh, signings for them there 12 to 1 uh, for the series uh for the for the world series i would i would like to look to see what price i mean would you have them up as favourites i suppose they are the shortest price no they're not the yankees are eleven to one sorry yeah so they're one point bigger uh so if we extrapolate that down for the division you'd have you would have the Yankees maybe slight favourites uh with the Blue Jays a, a margin behind them um before Tampa being boston so what about Toronto Moonaf?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing for Toronto, obviously they lost Marcus Simeon to the Rangers, and we'll get to the Rangers later. But um, like you said, they picked up um, uh, Kevin Gossman, and they also were able to extend Jose Barrios. Don't think Robbie Ray will be back with this team. I'm sure another team will pay him a lot of money um, to come and pitch them for them after winning the Cy Young Award. He's, but... uh,
0: he's already got I think, enough, he's... Oh, Robbie Ray's back?
1: No, he's gone to Seattle. Oh, yeah, Seattle. You're right. I missed that note. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, look, they, they picked up Kevin Gossman. I think that's a pretty pretty good, you know, replacement after the year that uh, Gossman had last year. So and, and some of the other guys that we talked about in this rotation, Malcolm, you know, I think Alec Manoa we're going to be high on next year. He had a pretty good season for them also. So um, Absolutely, yeah. The, the biggest wild card for this rotation is going to be uh, uh, Hugin Ryu, right? They expected, yeah. when they signed him, they expected him to kind of be the ace or the at least the number two guy uh, for this Toronto Blue Jays team, but he just hasn't had a great season uh, last year. 4.73 ERA. He pitched 169 innings, which is great, uh, but really needs to work on that ERA and that whip at 1.22. That's not going to get it done, but I think the uh, offensive side for the uh, Blue Jays, Malcolm, they're going to be fine even without Marcus Simeon. You still have... You know, hopefully George Springer is able to stay healthy. He's going to be right in that top of that lineup with Vlad. And you still have, you know, Bo Bichette, Oscar Hernandez, uh, Loris uh, Loris Gurriel Jr. Um, So I think that offense is going to be fine. Just that really the pitching, that's what's going to be, uh, going to make or break this team.
0: Yeah, if you get a full season out of George Springer, he was the only one really in that top five. He didn't, um, he had 342 Peter Pieris, just from two down to six. Um, you pretty much got a full season. Bo Bichette had 690 appearances. Uh, Vlad, 698. Tiosca Hernandez, 595. Guriel, 541. Grichik, 545. So uh, solid from two to six. Relatively young guys. You've all, I mean, 23, 22, um, 29, 28. So, um, they're, yeah, they're going to be unchanged. They, they, they run pretty deep. Um, the rotation looks okay. Uh, you're right, Hunjin Ryu is important. Um, yeah. If Alec Manoa can take a step forward, um, they might do something. They've got Ross Stripling currently at SP5. Yeah. Um, and I don't mind the bullpen either. The, uh, Jimmy Garcia is a good free agent signing. Under mm-hmm. the radar, uh, picked him up from Miami. He'll sort into the bullpen. Uh, Jordan Romano was excellent last year. 23 saves and a 2.14 ERA. Uh, so, yeah, the uh, the Toronto coaches, even without Robbie Ray, um, I'll be looking at their markets when we get a few more. Uh, when we get a few more markets for divisional odds. Um, I think what will make the Toronto Blue Jays a good price is the fact that division is so competitive. They're probably going to be as good a side as teams, for example, the Chicago White Sox that we're going to talk about. But the Chicago White Sox haven't got the opposition uh, that these teams have. Toronto are coming up against the Rays, the Yankees and the Red Sox. So even if you want to make them favourites, you probably still get maybe plus 120, plus 125. Uh, the favourites are going to be plus odds uh, yeah. for this division, which is uh, which is going to be rare. So I'll be looking forward to seeing uh, what Toronto can do this year. Certainly going to be a fun team to watch, I think. Um, the final team, Moonath, I have no notes next to this team either, <laughs> like the Yankees. However, um I don't think there's anything to say about the Baltimore Orioles at 500 to one moon off. Do you yeah,
1: have not much to say here. I think it's going to take a little while for them to, um, to get back into even contention uh, for this division. And I think again, rebuilds in baseball take a lot longer than uh, in any other sport, I believe. And um, you know, the one star that they have on their team um which was uh, Cedric was Cedric Mullins. Yeah. Cedric Mullins. I was reading reports early on in the season or early on in the, uh, after the season was over that they were listening on trade offers for him. Obviously the asking price is monumental for a guy like uh, that after the season that he had, but 30 home runs he had at that leadoff spot, batted 291. Um, You know, there are some pieces on this team that you can build around right with Mullins, with Mountcastle, with, Trey Mancini, I uh, think guys like those. But again, it's going to take a while for them to kind of get back into contention, especially with a pitching rotation that's just not there right now for them. So,
0: yeah, in isolation, like that top five isn't absolutely horrible. Uh, you said Mullins, I mean, Mullins had a 30 30 season, 30 steals as well uh, to go with his 30 homers. Uh, Mountain Castle, Anthony Santander, I would like uh, Trey Mancini. Um, Austin Hayes is serviceable. Um, even Ring he's down at six back at 279. Um, it falls off a little bit after that, the um, pitching rotation. However, uh, John Means, uh, who early in the season was great for us. Um, and then you've got the, the ERAs of the four guys after that are 5.15, 5.04, 6.63, and 6.67. So if your, SP, your SP2 has an ERA of over five, um, that tells you roundabout where you are. So, uh, yeah, the Ball Orioles, we will maintain a watching brief um, so far. Um, if you yeah. did want to cross um, to take any of those bets, uh, Yankees 11 to 1, Blue Jays 12 to 1, etc. win bet uh, is very much to play, the place to do it. Uh, you can win money and boost your odds. Uh, live now in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana. Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Uh, loads of brand new bonuses. Um, new users bet one dollar win one hundred on any sport. You can bet up to fifteen hundred dollars as a free bet if you make a first deposit of twenty dollars or more. Uh, win bet will match your initial deposit, i.e., bet one hundred dollars, you'll get a free two hundred dollar match bet, up to seven hundred and fifty dollars so loads of promos, odds, and payouts. Uh, sign up today at wynnbet.com or download the WinBet app. Uh, we will move on then. Moon The AL Central, uh, we've got the Chicago White Sox uh, at twelve to one to win the World Series. Uh, Detroit Tigers at fifty to one. The Cleveland Guardians, I said it right, seventy-five yeah, to one. <laughs> yeah, Kansas City Royals at eighty to one, and the Minnesota Twins at eighty to one. Um, so yeah, we just mentioned the division doesn't look overly competitive at this point.
1: Yeah,
0: um, the White Sox do look at this point as if they will have it to themselves. Um, they've been they haven't been very busy. They picked up Kendall Graveman, uh, relief uh, relief pitcher who got himself about a little bit last year. He went from uh, he went from Seattle to Houston, is that right? Yeah, he, he, yeah he Seattle to Houston. The, yeah, for Houston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the main uh, upshot of that is that the White Sox have found themselves overloaded with closers. Uh, they have Liam Hendricks, uh, they've added Kendall Graveman. So the odd man out there is going to be Craig Kimbrell. They, they, they picked up Craig Kimbrell uh, in the season. They traded quite a good piece for or oh, Nick Madrigal, I think it was, mm-hmm. uh, who's a good player. Um, the, the White Sox had go So the, the White Sox will be, will be allowing Kimbrell to leave uh, to trade him for a better. A better, um, a better player. So Kimber will go, but and that's really all, all the White Sox have done so far. But not a competitive division, enough. Um, I think the main thing for the White Sox is they'll be getting players back from injury as well. They were a little bit beat up last year, Louis Robe uh, and Eloy. Uh, they'll be hoping to get full seasons out of them.
1: Yeah, we talked about this last season, where you know going back to spring training of prior to last year, is that they were battling injuries all throughout the year, starting at spring training, right? Um, again, their top three pitchers with Lance Lynn, um, with, uh, Lucas Giolito and with Carlos Rodon, we, I arguably thought that that was the best top three rotation, uh, in the American league, or at least the top three guys. And it didn't pan out for them in the, um, in the playoffs against the Astros. But I think this team should be right back what they did last season. You know, they, most of the team is back. They're going to be healthier. I'm just excited to see this uh, rotation, um, or sorry, this uh, lineup uh, being at full strength. Because if you go up and down this list, it's a lot of incredible names: Tim Anderson, Eloy Jimenez, Joan Moncada. They were able to get Leary Garcia back, uh, Luis Roberts, Jose Abreu, their MVP from uh, two seasons ago. So this is going to be an exciting uh, team again, and hopefully we don't uh, <laughs> we don't have any more weekly uh, weekly stories about uh, Tony Larusa there.
0: <laughs> yeah, Tony'll still be yeah, uh, still be going. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I think they, they they look look very very good without being stellar uh, on both sides of the ball. Actually, uh, that pitching rotation, we at various points all season, um, were very impressed with Lance Lucas Giolito, Dylan Cease, and Michael Kopech. Uh The Dallas Keitel's the one uh, who's maybe a little bit of a weak link. Yeah. Uh, and they've got a rock solid bullpen, a rock solid bullpen. Some of the best. um some of the best relief pitchers in the game, Ronaldo Lopez, uh, Garrett Crochet was excellent. Um, these are all guys with, um, with ERAs, sort of low threes, some of them in the, in the mid two. So yeah, uh, yeah, the White Sox won't have to be very good uh, to win that division. I think they will take it down fairly comfortably. Uh, it's going to be playoff baseball. Um, that will be, uh, be the definer of their season. Uh, next, we will go to Detroit to Detroit were fun last season. Uh, we picked them quite a lot. They had a, they had a lot of young um, pitchers: um, uh, Tarek Skubal, Casey Mize, uh, Matt Manning, who wasn't very good actually, but should get a hell of a lot better. Um, we we spent a lot of time talking about the Tigers last year. They had a surprising season. Um, I think in the second half of last season, uh, there were three games over 500. Um, which isn't a bad record at yeah. all, um, mm-hmm. and they've been busy in the off season. They have added. What are your boys Moonaf. after? They've added oh, Erod, <laughs> uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. Oh, I thought you were going to say somebody years, else. <laughs> oh, who did you think I was going to see? Oh, next sorry, no, <laughs> oh, no, we are coming here in a little while, yeah. No, uh, one of your genuine boys, uh, <laughs> Eduardo Rodriguez, five years, seventy-seven million dollars. Um, good signing. He needs to cut his ERA. Yeah. Um, but I think a new ballpark, America Park, there uh, will help do that. Um, and to me, I think he, he he looks a really solid SP3, which is the kind of player you need where when you've got that young rotation, my school will man in, etc. Uh, so, Eduardo Rodriguez to Detroit, Moon, I, what do you think of that?
1: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there, uh, uh, Malcolm, that he's, he's an SP3. And I think the expectation from when he was with the Red Sox that they were expecting him to be that SP two, possibly SP one when Chris cell was out. And I think that may have been too much pressure for a guy like Erod. He was very inconsistent last year. You know, there was times where he looked like a Cy young caliber pitcher for the Red Sox. And there was times where he looked like he was throwing batting practice out there for the Red Sox. So now that he's out there with the Tigers, like you said, that I think the important thing for him is going to be about, you know, like you said, cutting down the ERA, getting the whip down, being in a ballpark like Detroit, <clears throat> Uh, you know, being that SP three behind a guy like Casey Mice and Tark School, I think that's going to be big uh, for him. So that pitching rotation is is really coming together for AJ Hinch and the Tigers. Um, so I, I think that this might be a team you know when we get closer to the season, when we're doing our season preview is a team that we might want to take a look at taking the over on.
0: Absolutely, yeah. That was that was one of my names particularly. Uh, Tyler Alexander is down as the SP five. He's the one we haven't mentioned, and and pitched to a 3.81 ERA last year. Uh, yeah, yeah also Willie really Baralta. A, uh, a few of the guys that we that we have mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah the Tigers were good last season. There's no reason um, why they're going to get any worse. They I've got some whole... Lines to, um, but, yeah, the, the, onto the man that you were laughing about before uh, thinking that I was going to mention is Javi Baez. So, yeah, see, so a lot of these shortstops have been on the market. A few of them have gone. Yeah. Um, and Javi Baez... Um, has gone to Detroit now. I don't hate this at all. Do you know what Havi Bias's batting average was last year, Munaf? Uh,
1: I don't think it was too terrible. I'm gonna guess around 280. Well, no,
0: 265. Oh. Um, 280s would be outstanding. No one bats 280 anymore. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, to be honest, I was, I looked at it, expected it to be. 220, 230. Uh, I thought like, kind of Joey Gallo. You know Joey Gallo, 199. Yeah. Um, so baton average is 265 with 31 homers and 18 steals. Um, there's a lot of um, speed at the top of this Detroit line. I expect them to run a lot. Uh, yeah. If you need some uh, steals uh, in the fantasy draft, that top three, Akil Badu, Robbie Grossman and Javi Baez will all run Will all steal bases. That's exciting.
1: Um, so, yeah, I know you... Sorry? I said, that's exciting with those three guys at the top of that lineup. With Yeah, yeah. And you still have Miguel Cabrera on this roster, along with, I think, Jonathan Scope is still there too also, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're down to about five and six yeah. uh, with, with Homer Candelario hitting cleanup in between. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Vibayas, Munaf, uh, thoughts?
1: Uh, I think that there was, there was a lot of rumors that Carlos Correa was going to end up in Detroit, uh, reunited with AJ Hinch, and I think that Javi Baez turned out to be the consolation price for them, because from what I've read and what I just kind of gut ha- gut handicapping and gut thinking is that the asking price for Carlos Correa was was and is too much for the Detroit Tigers, and I think that they were able to settle on getting Javi Baez there with you know the guys that they already have there, so I think that you know it's a pretty good signing for them. I mean, you know, we, we I've personally been not a Javi Baez guy, but I think getting a guy like this in your lineup and a guy like this, even on the defensive side of the of the dirt, I think that's going to be great for them. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of young talent there, so he might fit in very nicely with, uh, with the uh, Detroit Tigers.
0: Yeah. Um, a real under the radar signing, which is of no uh, relevance to uh, fantasy or betting or whatever, but, Um, something that is going to make the Tigers a better team uh, is the acquisition of uh, Tucker Barnhart, uh, catcher. Uh, Not a stellar name, not a household name, but a great defender, uh, a great framer, a great defensive catcher who is going to make that young pitching rotation better. Uh, So the Tigers have done two things to help this rotation, no end, which is sign an elite defender in Javi Baez and then Tucker Barnhart, who uh, his effect will not be underestimated. Uh, So I think there are a couple of great deals for the Tigers who will be looking. to To have a look at their overs when that comes out and I don't think they're finished either I mean there's talk about them going back in for one of those um, for Trevor Story or someone to, to go for the, the second base and shortstop double swoop so uh, watch this space with regard to uh, Detroit um, Minnesota Twins Moon uh a real letdown last year finished bottom of the division awful um, not much going on there uh, Byron Buxton uh is the one who's re signed, uh, always a fantasy darling, always highly touted. Um, however, I was just having a little look. that the most games he's played since 2016 is 87, you just can't get him on the field. Yeah, uh, so he's going to need to show much more uh, for this Minnesota Twins team. Uh, if they're going to uh, mount a bit of a fight back, the lineup's okay. Um, the uh, the the rotation is a very very questionable um yeah. i've i mean i've got what got dylan bundy uh who pitched at ERA of six last year over six and then Bailey over joe ryan randy dobnak's ERA was 7.64 uh and lewis thorpe i mean lewis thorpe is sp5 total of 15 innings last year so they really really need to get busy um They've got some good names in that lineup, Moon. They just need to need to put it together. And uh, Byron Buxton really uh, is someone that they're going to need to to get a full season out of.
1: Yeah, I think that this is a, a tell of uh, opposite sides, I think so you could say, for the batting uh, batting lineup, which, like you said, has some great names in there, right? Jorge Polanco, uh, Josh Donaldson, yeah. if he's back with his team, Max Cl- uh, Max Kepler. Is still there, yep. uh, but they, again, the pitching rotation—it's—it's—it's it's, it's not something to be excited about. Again, like you said, that's something that they're really gonna have to work on. But yeah, Byron is a guy that's gonna have to be healthy. I think they just paid him uh, money—an extension with uh, with him. And you know, you have like we said, the guys in the lineup. It's just about putting that pitching rotation together if they're gonna be competitive um, in this AL Central. Because right now, the kings of this rotation are—or sorry, king of the uh, the division right now—is gonna be the Chicago White Sox.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh Palanco, Polanco, Palanko, who you mentioned there, um is high on my uh list to draft. Um that's second base position. Um I think he's, he's shortstop and second base eligible. Uh shortstop runs ridiculously deep this year yeah. uh, in fantasy. Uh but Jorge Palanco, I think uh second baseman number six. Um and it's great value, so he's. Uh, I'm going to have a lot of exposure uh, to Jorge Polanco. Um, the other two teams in this division, we going not have nothing to report. Cleveland Guardians said it right again. Um, we need to have a wager on the first person who's going to say the Indians this season. Uh, it needs to be like a swear jar, five five dollar fine every time someone says the Indians. Uh, the Cleveland Guardians, seventy-five to one for the World Series and the Kansas City Royals, who did okay last season as well, actually. A little bit like Detroit. They made that the middle of that division uh, quite competitive, but uh, nothing from either of those two teams as yet. Are you interested in any of those two?
1: No, I think the big name to probably look out for maybe, I know they exercised his option was Jose Ramirez for the Guardians, um, but uh, I'm so surprised that he's still on this roster. I, I'm sure there's another team that can out- that's out there that can use his services at third base or, you know, even at DH, that's the name probably to look out for that maybe on the move at the trade deadline next year. And then for Kansas city, uh, the Royals, um, this was, I think the, the tigers are going to be this coming season what the Royals were this past season, because I think we had picked the over on the Royals going into the season Um, last year. I think the tigers with the moves that they've made so far, I think that significantly improved this team, but yeah, not much to go off of these two teams.
0: Um, I don't know if there's ever a market for team stolen bases, Munaf, uh, if that's something you have ever seen before. No. But Cleveland are going to run and run and run and run. No. I think basically because they can't do anything else. Um, they're just going to not hit the ball. They're just going to try and run around before they catch it and tag them out. Um, they've got Miles Storr at the top of the line. He stole 30 last year. Armour is 13. Jose Maria 27. And then looking down the list, Andres Jimenez is the player at, Tipped to be top of the stolen base market last year uh, in 80 to 1. Um, Didn't get much playing time, unfortunately. Still managed to steal 11 um, bases in 210 plate appearances. Uh, Bradley Zimmer stole 15. And just a fantasy flyer right down the bottom. This will be ADP 600 or more. uh, Stephen Kwan. Um, I said before, if you're drafting a best ball, what you need is. Uh, volume, you need opportunity. At this point, you're looking to draft opportunity. Stephen Kwan is a name that won't be on many people's lift. Uh, currently projected to start in left field for Cleveland. Uh, hasn't made an appearance in MLB yet. So uh, if you get in the 48th round uh, and you're looking for someone, Stephen Kwan, K-W-A-N, uh, is a name down there. But yeah, you're right. Nothing much going on for Cleveland uh, or Kansas City yet. Um, let Before we get into the final... Uh, that we're going to focus on tonight. Um, College Football Championship weekend is behind us, but bowl season is almost here. There's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet for tickets to see your favourite team play in their bowl game this winter because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K, P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all tickets for NCAA football, NFL, concerts, NBA, and more so, you're going to get involved in these college ball games that are coming up. Moon, after will be able to tell us a couple uh, that, are, that are of relevance coming up. Tick pick and get rid of all the awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices and all their college football tickets. Don't believe it, if you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, tick pick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Visit tick pick today. TickPick.com slash SGP. That's TickPick.com slash SGP. College football, moonup. it's still something I haven't. And I think I'm quite grateful because I don't need another advice. I it hasn't come on my radar yet. Uh, what's going on with the bowl stuff?
1: Yeah, so the bowls are set. I'm not a college football guy myself, but um, I know the national or the college football playoff, it's... Uh, the national semifinals, it's Michigan versus Georgia. And then Alabama is going to face Cincinnati. So the winner, obviously from those two games, will play for the national championship. Um, but definitely, I think this is a good time to plug the college football experience. Definitely check out those guys with our guy, Nick Dant, Kobe, Dan, Terrell is also part of the NA, also uh, Patty C. So make sure to check those guys out for um, – for all the college football bowl season, I know it's exciting times for a lot of uh college football fans, so definitely check out those guys.
0: Yeah, I think it was, it was Johnny, yeah, uh, Johnny Junter at Michigan maybe last week. Is that where he was? He was he, he was certainly representing something, yeah, he, he looked was. very excited
1: wherever yeah. he was. <laughs> he was on uh, he was on with us uh, when we did the MLB playoffs, uh, uh sorry, the World Series yeah. preview, and he said that to take Michigan that week. I'm not sure. I don't remember if they won or lost, but definitely excited for them to win that big 10 championship and be in the national semifinals. So I'm sure he's excited as well. And I know he's been, uh, uh touting and, and talking about all the moves that the blue Jays have made so far. So I think guess when we do the, uh, MLB season preview for next year, we'll definitely get him on to talk about the blue Jays.
0: Yeah. He's possibly the most enthusiastic man on Twitter, <laughs> whatever subject he's talking about his enthusiasm levels are absolutely through the roof. Um, AL West, moon uh, we will start uh, in your hometown. Um, the Houston Astros, 9-1 to one, uh, to win the World Series. Relatively quiet so far, Um Signing of note is Hector Neris, uh, relief pitcher from Philly. Yeah. Um, and I don't mind this signing at all. Uh, Hector Neris is someone I think I'll be signing. Possibly he's a bit of a handcuff. Uh, to Ryan Presley, not in line for saves at the moment. But the Astros aren't um, too shy about moving their pitchers about. They could put easily put Ryan Presley in a fireman's role uh, and let Hector Neris hoover up a few saves yeah. so you could draft Neris for late round saves. But um, as far as the rest of uh, Houston's off-season going, uh, which direction is this going to
1: take, Munaf? Yeah, so I think the big thing that we probably need to mention is that there was... Reports of the agreement between Justin Verlander and the Astros for two years, 50 million. But the Astros never came out and made that official. There wasn't a press conference about it, and there wasn't anything that was mentioned by the Astros that, hey, Justin Verlander is back. Um, the, The signing wasn't made official, to put it that way. So I think that might be something to keep an eye on once the lockout ends. Uh, if that comes into fruition, but I yeah. think this might be, And you know, again, the, the whole Carlos Correa thing that if he's going to be back with the team or not, if he's not, and it, if something happens with the Verlander thing that it falls apart, I think this coming season may be the year the Astros take a step back in this division, because I think everybody else in the division and we'll get to these teams in a second really did a great job of getting better. And the Astros, like you mentioned, with the only one signing so far, haven't really done much. Now, there could be a team like the Dodgers and the Red Sox and the Yankees that are kind of waiting um, to dish out the money after the lockout is over. But just from hindsight right now, looking at it, I think that this is the year where the Astros may take a step back in this division.
0: You say Munaf, I think the exact opposite. I think that uh, just looking at the that lineup um, is absolutely rock solid. Uh, Altuve, Brantley, Bregman, Alvarez, Guriel, Tucker, uh, top six. No problem with that at all. You can put that up against any other team. And then you've got a rotation of Verlander, uh, still down as the projected SP1. Yeah. Uh, McCullough's, Valdez, Garcia, and Akidia, SP5. Um, I think will make what makes this more attractive for me uh the Astros is the fact that some of the other teams have got more competitive um yeah and that's all they've got I think they'll get more competitive which just makes the Astros a bigger price and I still think they'll be the best team in that division uh, but I still think you might get I think now you might get some I don't know maybe plus plus 250 plus 300 about them to win that division because the LA Angels and the Mariners um have made signings that are going to uh, push them a little bit closer. So no, I am. Um, I, I, I lean the other way, Moon. I, I think the Astros are solid, uh, and I think these other couple of sides that have got better mm-hmm. um, just really imp- improves the value. Um, the one team that's really dropped off is Auckland. Um, yeah. I mean, last year were joint favourites to win this division, uh, round about thirty to ten plus one thirty uh, at the start of the season. Both sides, Houston and Auckland. Um, and this year, um, they go in the 66 to one Outsiders for the World Series. Um, Auckland have struggled a bit. No additions um, to speak of so far. Um, the two teams in behind these, these are the interesting teams then, Munaf. Uh, these are the teams you were just alluding to that you think might usurp Houston. Uh, we'll start with the LA Angels. Um, not a secret uh, that they have needed pitching. They've got Mike wow. Trout, they have Shohei Otani coming off that season. And everyone in baseball and beyond, is that's when they're going to add some pitch into that. Uh, well, they've gone out this year and so far have picked up Noah Syndergaard um, on a one-year, $21 million deal um, off Tommy John surgery, although he did finish the season on the mound, which is good. Um, you never know with people coming back from Tommy John, but uh, Syndergaard appeared to have rehabbed fully and pitched in the majors uh, before the end of last year. So that's not a not a massive problem. Yeah. Uh, what the Angels need is innings out of him. Um it's a one year deal, so I can't say they'll they won't put him on a pitch count. Um, they have no reason to. They'll try and squeeze all the goodness out of Noah that they can do. Um somewhere around hundred and fifty innings they could get from uh Noah What Um what we'll think about Thor uh, and what else the Angels might need, Munaf
1: Yeah, obviously we we were touting this uh all season long last year was that in the offseason, yeah. they're going to have to go out and get pitching and get some more pitching and get some more pitching after that. And they, I think this is a great start for them to address that, right? Noah Syndergaard, I think that if he's able to return to top-level form, I'm not saying that he needs to be the side-young pitcher that he once was because coming off of Tommy John surgery, it's a difficult task to do, especially, you know, we saw that with, with Chris Sill that also came back midway that he had some struggles, but he also looked like the pitcher that he was, you know, um, before Tommy John. So. Mm-hmm. I, I like the risk that the Angels are taking here uh, with Noah Syndergaard. Um, with the, the re-signing of the closer Iglesias, I think is absolutely huge yeah. for them to get him back. Because last season, Malcolm, this bullpen was the worst in the entire MLB last year. And for them to re-sign him, I think that's huge. I still think that they need to add more pitching with some more starting pitching in there. Obviously you have Otani, you're going to get Mike Trout back. Offense I'm not worried about with this team. It's just going to be, you know, if they're able to get a couple more pitchers in there. I'm not sure if there's any more standout top of the rotation guys that are still out there. I really thought Max Scherzer was going to end up with this Angels team, but I don't think they were willing to pay the money that he commanded or the amount of money that the New York Mets paid him, but um, you know, you you have Otani, you have you have um uh Syndergaard. Who are some of the other pitchers do you think that you know are going to step up into this rotation for them?
0: Um, firstly, Otani and Syndergaard, they need innings out of them. Well, obviously, Shaw is kind of limited anyway. Hundred and thirty yeah. innings that he pitched last season is roundabout his. Um, ceiling. So they need flow. Uh, they need 150 innings out with Syndergaard. Uh, Patrick Sandoval uh, is a really interesting player. He's a good player. Uh, played pretty much the second half of last season. Um, 87 innings pitch, but pitched to a 3.62 ERA, yeah. uh, which is really good. Um, but yeah, the, after that, they, need to, they needed some innings. I mean, uh, Jaime Barria, Jose Suarez. Um, they picked up Michael Lorenzen. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of Lorenzen truthers out there in the fantasy world. Uh Lorenzen is a uh, he's a two-way player. He makes it interesting. And obviously the Angels uh know how to handle a two-way player in Shohei Otani. Um he's a long reliever or has been, but there's been a lot of talk. I think he wants to be a starter, he wants to play in the outfield. Um, it does throw some interesting possibilities about him swapping about with Otani. Um, about Otani going out into right field after he's finished pitching or something like that, or if they're going to muck about with a, with a DH, if there is a universal DH, that kind of thing. Um, so there are some interesting possibilities there. Um, the other really good signing they made bullpen wise is Aaron Loop yeah. uh, from the New York Mets, who is a left-handed reliever uh, pitched 56 innings last year enough, to a 0.95 ERA Uh which is wildly impressive. So, yeah, yeah. Aaron, he's one of the top lefties in the game. Uh, so good sign in there. Um, and they have got some key men in that um lineup that need to step up. Mike Trout is the obvious one. Yeah. Um, but just a little bit fur- further down is Joe Adele, um, mm-hmm. who came up two years ago, didn't really cut it came up last year for maybe a third of the season, 140 plate appearances. Uh, bigger things are expected of him. He needs to take a step forward. Um, and then they've got other rookies. They've got Brandon Marsh, um, hit the same. And Tyler Wade, who they've acquired from the uh, Yankees. Um, a lot of the Yankees fans are surprised uh, that they let Tyler Wade go. Yeah. Um, not a power hitter, Um but hit 268 last season, stole 17 bases in only 145 plate appearances. Um, so yeah, and um, Anthony Rendon is the other one as well. Um, so there's a lot of keeps uh, in that Angels um, roster that need to pick up. So they, they, they can't be finished. You, they need to add another 150 innings uh, in terms of starting pitching. And yeah. we'll see what that looks like at the start of the season. Um they are currently forty to one. I think you messaged me maybe last
1: month, off, and said that you had had a bit of a nibble on the Angels. Is that right? I did, and I thought that you know they would probably go out and get Carlos Correa to this lineup, and I, that's still not out of the possibility. But I really thought that Max Scherzer was going to end up um, with with uh, with an at least a California team, and it seemed like the Angels were a perfect fit because they needed an SP one and an ace like Max Scherzer. Um, it, The time came when he got traded from the Nationals last season that there was a lot of reports that came out and said that he wanted to be in California or on the West Coast. The complete opposite happened, um, at least as far as signing with a new team this year where he ended up with the uh, New York Mets. But um, there's still some names out there as far as starting pitching. I mean, what's going to happen with Clayton Kershaw is going to be interesting. Um, And there's still a couple other names um, uh, for – pitchers that can come in and make a difference or eat up innings for them. I think Zach Grinke maybe could be an SP4, SP5, but again, they're able to go out and get another starting 150-caliber inning pitcher, like you mentioned, uh, that's going to be really big for them, having Otani and also Thor in this lineup. So um, they're trending in the right direction. We can say that.
0: Um, Another very interesting team, another 40-1 to chance. uh, So in the same... In the same area of the market as the LA Angels or the Seattle Mariners. Um, again, a team I think we talked about a lot last season. Yeah. Um, like their lineup, uh, a young lineup, um, and had a good season. I think probably overachieved a little bit last year. Uh, we're in the playoff hunt really till about about the last week. Yeah. Uh, still had a shot at making the wild card, um, and they have been busy and have acquired Robbie Ray, uh, the Cy Young winner. Um, my guy, my strikeout king. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he paid for a few. He paid for a few bits and bobs for me uh, <laughs> at, at, when the season finished. Um, always had that strikeout potential, but he did solve his home run and walk issues um, and then just went from strength to strength, Robbie Ray. was absolutely outstanding. Very tight pants, uh, as we know. Uh, they've also acquired Adam Frazier, who he hit 305 last season. Um, I can't make my mind up about Adam Frazier Moonath. Uh he's a real glue guy. He's got he's like kind of he's a real bit and Bob's player, actually. He performed really well for Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um went to San Diego, uh, I think in an attempt to sort of kick start the second half of their season. Yeah. Uh, it didn't really work. So he has a similar profile to a lot of these other uh Mariner's players. But where do you see Seattle, I think um like I mentioned earlier, the fact they've made themselves a lot more competitive, similar to the Angels, mm. uh,
1: makes this an interesting division. Yeah, this is going to be a fun division to watch all season next year. Um, like we said, the Angels and the Mariners did a fantastic job of adding pieces. And, and Robbie Ray, obviously, uh, a great pickup for uh, the Seattle Mariners, who needed a like the angels, a top of the rotation SP one. And they were able to go out and get that with Robbie Ray You pair him with Chris Flexen, I think that's a great one, two punch to start this rotation for the Mariners. And I think also Adam Frazier is that's a great pickup for them. Also. I know he was an all-star player uh, when he was with the pirates before he got traded to the uh, Padres, but if he's able to pick up uh, what he kind of did with the pirates uh, uh, with the Mariners here, this is going to be an exciting young team to watch, uh, Malcolm. I mean, we said last year that they were a couple pieces away from being competitive, uh, contending for a playoff spot, and I think this might be a team like the Tigers that we may want to take a look at taking the over in this team because when this team is winning, uh, Malcolm, that Seattle um, stadium or their field they're with their fans, it, it gets rowdy because they are the only professional team. Um, now they have the NHL team, but as far as – the four major sports um, you know, with the Seahawks not relevant anymore. I think they're good with Russell Wilson leaves, but this Mariners team is, is, they're going to be exciting next year. And I'm really excited to see what they do for the rest of the uh, off season. Once the lockout ends, but definitely a team, uh, a team to keep an eye on uh, for us, uh, Malcolm.
0: Yeah. I don't mind that rotation at all. You're right about Chris Flexon. He was good last year, really under the radar. Uh, as was Marco Gonzalez, pitched to an under-40 ERA. Yeah. Um, I like Justin Dunn. Justin Dunn is uh, projected as their SP5 currently. Um, he was someone I was high on a couple of years ago. Well, he only came back really the back end of last season, pitched 50 innings, uh, booked to a 3.75 ERA. Someone who I think has got a lot of upside if, you, if you're looking for a, a, a star pitcher late in fantasy drafts. And then, like you said, at the top of that order, uh, J.P. Crawford, Adam Frazier slots in at yeah. number two. Uh, Mitch Hannigan, Jared Kellenick, the highly touted prospect, mm-hmm. second probably only to Wanda Franco yeah. um, in terms of uh, the MLB pipeline. Um, you've got Jake Fraley who had a good season last year. So yeah, Difference. lots of things. Abraham Toro came across yeah. from the from the Astros as well. They've got Dylan Moore on the bench who's the big stolen base threat. Um, needs to up his batting average. But yeah, the, the Seattle Mariners certainly going to be a good, fun team to watch. Uh, another team I'll be looking at towards the Overs. Um but um, from my betting point of view, they're going to be another team that we're just going to push out the Astros' price by another half a point, uh, and make me want to take that a little bit more. Um, finally, Moonaf in this little segment, uh, the Texas Rangers, um, <laughs> worst team in baseball, probably to Baltimore, a bit of a toss-up, hundred to one for the World Series. Um, they seem to be trying something, <laughs> but it's 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 a bit random. I'm not sure what they're trying. Um I'll take you through what they have done and you can try and tell me why they've done it. So they've picked up Marcus Simeon uh, coming off a career here. uh not such a hitter friendly park so a little fantasy fade uh, for me there Marcus Simeon uh Corey Seeger um a really solid hitter 26th overall in war uh, since he came into the league which is very impressive. Uh, he's not a great defender. Um, John Gray, who gets out of Colorado, which a lot of fantasy people love, um, instant little boost there, getting out of Coors Field. Um, Texas needed um, uh, SP1, and John Gray is going to be that man. Um, not only does he get out of Coors, he gets out of the NL West, where the, uh, the Padres, the Dodgers, and the Giants uh, are no longer mashing you uh, every fifth night as well. Um so yeah, John Gray comes out, and then um, Cole Calhoun, uh, slightly, slightly less of a of a impact uh, signing. Uh, but so yeah, Munaf. I mean, what's going on here? They've spent a fortune uh, mm. on re- totally rebuilding their middle infield, and does this make them competitive or just the best worst team?
1: Uh, I mean, when you add guys like I think Corey Seager. I, I was a huge fan of Corey Seager when it's with the Dodgers. I, I think that's a great pickup for them. He is 28 years old. You sign him to a 10-year deal. You're going to be paying him until he's about 38 years old. Same thing with Marcus Simeon, right? 31 years old. You're going to pay, be paying him until he's about 38. But it at some point, they were going to have to spend money, Malcolm. And I think they now they made the big, splashy, sexy moves by adding these two guys. Did they overpay for some of these guys? Maybe, but at some point like there, we're going to have to spend the money, but you have Corey Seager in your lineup. You have Marcus Simeon. You add, had uh, a Garcia in this lineup. You had Nathaniel Lowe who had a pretty good season for them. Uh, Nick Solak who was a pretty good, you know, season for them also. So, and then you added John Gray that eventually we knew that he was going to leave the uh, organization of the Colorado Rockies, but again not much for the pitching here if you take a look at their starting rotation malcolm i don't think they had a single guy outside of kyle gibson before he got traded that had an era below four and i think that's still the biggest concern that's going to be for the rangers going forward yeah uh that the pitching is still not going to be there for them so this might be a team that you know from game to game you might want to take a look at taking their overs um you know uh, on that on that run total um but i think we're going to have to wait and see what they add more to this pitching rotation before we can get behind this team
0: i did see somebody tweet that texas uh, with these signings texas are making a bid to be uh, the leading team in losing games 10-7 so i think which <laughs> is pretty much what you were just saying yeah uh, yeah, take take their overs because they are going to uh, score a lot of runs, but they're probably going to have to score double digits most, most nights uh, to get over that. We've got our our boy, AJ Alexi, um, who did well for us um, at the back end of the season. Um, I, I picked him up in that uh, in that best ball draft just because I couldn't resist him. I felt like he was my boy. Uh, but yeah, that, that rotation needs some, seriously needs some help. But the, the, the top of that line-up with Willie Calhoun at the top as well, uh, DH and, and uh, Adolis Garcia, who did really well. He was in uh rookie of the year talks for a little while, um, last year. So yeah, this there, there is bits and bobs there and they have got, there's no question, got way more competitive, uh, than they were last year. Um, they've got a prospect called Josh Jung or Josh Young, J U N G. Um, I think we'll be up pretty early, maybe first month, if not second month. Um, Certainly worth a, a fantasy with a fantasy look. Probably round about ADP three seventy-five. Yeah. Um so if you're looking at if, if you're looking at someone down there, Josh Young, uh, will slot into that lineup the yeah, he's currently not he's not forecast to be up at the start of the season. Don't think he's gonna break camp. Uh but will be up pretty quick, I think. Um so I'll have a little bit of exposure to him uh in at third base. But know, I mean it's good for the Rangers. They do need a lot more. Um but it, they've, they've they've certainly made the first few inroads into, into a rebuild and making themselves competitive in in uh in three or four seasons time. Not of particular interest um to me so far in having a bet moon off. So uh that division then it's it's really the Angels who are the ones uh, you think might uh might take the crown of uh, the Astros.
1: I think you could throw Mariners in that mix also, Malcolm. I think it'll probably be those three teams. I think that we I think we both agree that the Oakland A's are gonna probably the team that's going to take the most uh, st- uh, step backwards in that division. Um, you know, they lost their manager to the Oakland A's. Do we talk about the Oakland A's yet, or we're still going to get to them?
0: We, we glossed over them because there was nothing to see. Okay. I
1: mean, have you got anything
0: to, no, anything to add? Yeah, I think that... I don't th- want to do them a disservice if there's any athletics fans listening. No, uh, I think well, this might be a, about
1: the years, enough. Yeah, this might be a team that we might want to take a look at taking the under uh, on their win total at because... I mean, as great as they've been over the past couple of years, they just haven't really done anything to improve. And there's still now rumors about them moving to Las Vegas and and getting a stadium there. So they're still in the midst of this, hey, are we going to be in Oakland? Are we moving? What's the future hold for some of these players? So um, definitely not a team that I would be wanting to bet on and over for sure.
0: The rotation isn't horrible. No. Uh, I could get on board with Bassett, Minaya, Montas, Irving, and James Caprillion, who did us some favours last year. Yeah. Um the starting lineup, however, is horrible. Yeah. Uh huge issues with that. Uh Elvis Andrews um scheduled the bat two, Tony Kemp. You've got Seth Brown who can't put back the ball uh hitting five. Um Matt Chapman back in clean up last year hit two ten. Um so yeah, big problems I think for Oakland. A yeah. uh, couple of quiet years. Actually, there is a, there's a name right down at the bottom of the list. Uh, the bottom name in their bullpen uh, is Brent Honeywell, uh, who pitched four innings last year for an ERA of eight point three one. Um, will be if you wanted, he's a he's a fiftieth round pick. Um, but <laughs> there's something in there. He might even find himself in the. Uh, Starting rotation at some point. Uh, so, if you're looking for a bit of volume, uh, I will have one or two shares in Brent Honeywell, uh, ADP around about three and a half thousand. Uh, but yeah, that's the one name on that Oakland thing um, who's who's made it onto my really, really deep league uh, fantasy list. Um, and that moving off has taken us to all the uh, American League teams. Um, there's a couple of names of players still to sign, we thought we'd get to. Um, the infielders, the stars that we mentioned already, uh, Carlos Correa and Trevor Story. I think you probably covered it, but um, the landing spots for those Yankees, Astros, Angels,
1: yeah. I think that you know, again, the Red Sox you can throw in there also are uh, for both those, uh, um, both of those players, but again, it's just going to be the dominoes really going to fall after where Carlos Correa ends up and. The rumors are, or what I've read, is that he wants north of $250 million getting into that $300 million range, something around what Corey Seager got uh, from the Texas Rangers. And the only teams that are kind of going to spend that money are the Yankees and the Dodgers. I don't think the Astros are willing to pay him that much money because the latest offer that he got was, I think, five years, $160 million from the Astros. So if there's another team that's out there that's going to willing to pay them that money, I don't see him coming back to the Astros. Um, Angels are always intriguing. It's a West Coast team. It's an L.A. team. Um, and then, you know, some of the relief pitchers like we've talked about or even starting pitchers so you could throw out names like Clayton Karshaw, Zach Grinke, um, you know, and then the bullpen guys like you've mentioned with uh, Craig uh, Kimbrell and, and Kenlin Jansen. So it'll be definitely interesting to see where these guys end up. I think Trevor Story probably ends up with the Yankees because I think he's a very much cheaper option than Correa um but definitely we will yeah. be monitoring this for sure as uh where he kind of ends up
0: excellent moon off, beautifully covered uh and we've made it to the end that was an absolute pleasure mate i've missed talking baseball with
1: you yeah i think it was a good time for us to you know get together and just kind of go through these uh uh free agent signings and trades and things like that and kind of get caught up i know uh, until uh Until this uh, collective bargaining agreement is uh, agreed upon and and until um, it's not resolved, we hopefully gets resolved. We're not going to have an MLB gambling podcast until it gets resolved. Yeah, it's an issue, but uh, I I have faith that they'll get they'll get it done. um, You know, still early December. Uh, But again, yeah, once the the lockout is over, we'll start seeing more of these dominoes fall with the players that we just mentioned. But yeah, always a pleasure talking baseball with you, uh, sir. There's always
0: baseball, Moon. If we have to take a week off uh, our day-to-day jobs to do a week's crash course in the KBO, uh, on the <laughs> Japanese league, then we will do it, and we'll be back with the Korean baseball gambling podcast, uh, for whenever that is next spring. Well, so, uh, uh, yeah, we'll do the national uh, league next week, I think. Moon off, yes.
1: I was just gonna say, Yasio Puiga signed with a uh a KBO team this week. So I he's going over there,
0: Puig. yeah. The, I don't remember which game it was when he started that giant fight. Um, but there's a painting of it, Someone, someone's kind of made it into a painting uh and made all the players sort of dress them up in sort of colonial sort of military <laughs> outfits and things like that. Uh and it's a it's a stunning piece of art uh but it's centred around Yaseel Praig wanting to fight the whole world after a hit by a pitch or something. Uh, it's really good. That's fun. funny. um so yeah like I said we do, we do the uh National League next week then Moon. Yeah. Um and there has been loads and loads going on. Uh, so plenty for us uh, still to talk about so we'll do that one night next week and uh, we'll get that out to you um, depending on the uh, Liverpool Newcastle result from next Thursday <laughs> night I might um I'll either uh, be phoning you every 30 seconds because I'll be desperate to talk to you or I'll be going into complete hiding uh, and you won't hear from me till uh, till 2022 at the earliest <laughs>
1: Hopefully I'll, I'll, I'll have to make a phone call to tell him uh, to take it easy because my co-host is a fan of Newcastle. So maybe like a 3-0, 4-0 yeah, zero, zero victory. I think that should be enough.
0: I'll take some of that 20-1 to one moon off. We'll have Newcastle <laughs> at 20-1, to 1-0, one, one last minute penalty. Uh, that'll <laughs> do me absolutely fine. Uh, cheers, everybody, for listening. Uh, as always, the the medals are still uh, red hot. Um, loads of stuff going on in there. Um, I have got some horse racing coming I'm gonna cover some, some horse racing on Boxing Day on the 26th over there in the US. And this week at Moon Off, I am uh doing an article on the World Darts Championship uh for SGPN. Oh. Uh you a big you have you ever placed a bet on the darts before?
1: I have not, but if I if you're putting an article out on our website, I will definitely be putting some money down on it for sure. Find me another uh oh. Another podcast network that covers the World Darts Championship. <laughs> I will be I will put the no at minus1,000 that you'll find another <laughs> podcast network that come, uh, does that.
0: There's no greater cultural uh, epitome of Great Britain than the World Darts Championship. It runs from the 15th of December right through to New year, and it is ab- it's must-watch television moon off. I don't know what station carries it, uh, but you've got to promise me between now. Uh, and the the final. They put a couple of bets on and spend an evening watching the dart. It is one of the greatest shows on earth, honestly. Uh, so once I get that article out this week, I'll tag you in uh, and you can uh, get some money down on the arrows. Um, thank <laughs> you, for listening. Um, like I say, get across to the website, Slack channels, like, rate, review, all that kind of stuff. Um, here's to the lockout not lasting uh, too much longer. Thank you, everyone. And we'll see you down the road. Cheers.